Here on a chilly April morning here, uh, campus is buzzing here at Quinnipiac University, 98.1 WQAQ. Time for Throwback Saturday here. I'm your host, Peter Howarth, joined as always, Ben Upson. It's, uh, I, I know, so this show we talk about baseball, basketball, and football through the lens of statistics, but it's a little, a little busy right now. Football is, it's, it's extremely dry. We're just waiting on contracts and trades and, and uh, the upcoming NFL draft next Thursday, I believe, correct? That's right. Eight more days. In Kansas City. Baseball, we're still getting started here. We're about, you know, halfway, a little over halfway through April. So things are starting to solidify. It's still a lot, a lot of game left. But the NBA is as hectic as it ever has been. I know a lot of people don't like to uh, tune in the first round. They think it's sort of chalk. The, the excitement gets in the later rounds. But this is, I think, as intriguing of a first round as we've had in quite some time. The, the matchups are fantastic. We have these uh, battle of stars and battle of big and small markets um, competing in, in really, really fantastic ways. So we're going to get going with maybe the most intriguing matchup. Uh, one that, I mean, on paper, if you look at the seeds and you look at the records, you don't think this is a series because we're talking about a 2-7 matchup here, Lakers-Grizzlies. Of course, our stat here, 43 points, 23 rebounds, 10 blocks. That's what LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined for in their game one win over the Grizzlies. For James, his performance made him the oldest ever to score 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists in a playoff game. And AD became the first player with 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 blocks in the playoffs since Tim Duncan. So, uh, all that being said, the player of the game might have been Austin Reeves if it wasn't Rui Hachimura. Reeves, it was his playoff debut. Uh, I believe it probably was for Rui as well. Uh, I'd have to double check that. But for Reeves, he had 23 points, 8 of 13 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3. He's going to get the bag this summer. But the question is, between LeBron and AD, who will be more important for this Lakers playoff run? Well, obviously, both of those two um, are so important. Uh, And we know that the Lakers made tons of great moves that have helped vault them into the position they're in. Uh, because if it wasn't for Rob Palinka going out at the deadline and bringing in guys like Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, who both had well, they had Reeves. They had Reeves. I, I apologize. You're right. They did have Reeves. They brought in Russell. They bring in Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's Beasley. the that's the one I was thinking of. I was thinking Mo-Bamba. of Russell. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's right, Mobamba. Tristan Thompson. They sign off off ESPN. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, yeah, what a time that is. Um, but. You know, if if you really look at the two of them, you know, the the obvious answer would probably be, you know, LeBron, right? Because he's been the star in L.A. Uh, the last, what is it, four seasons now? Has it really been four years that LeBron's it's up? It's been um, 2019, 19, 19, 20, 20, 21, 22, 23. This is fifth year in L.A. Holy mackerel. Wow, time flies. But it's year number 20 for him in the NBA. Uh, but honestly, I think it's going to be uh, more important to have Anthony Davis uh, be right there behind him because, um, you know, as we saw in game one, AD at one point was grasping his arm after what appeared to be a pretty minor contact incident, uh, yeah, to be honest. It's the story of Anthony Davis. It's like, the he, <laughs> rithering pain after the minor he contact. He is literally the, uh, uh, you know, that that. The, the character in Spongebob with glass bones and paper skin. That's literally uh, who yep, yep. Davis is. Yeah. Uh, it's, so I don't know. I just think that AD's uh, success in the playoffs is going to be um, you know, more important than LeBron because we know that LeBron is nine out of ten times, if not more, going to show up in most of these games. It's just a matter of you know, how does Anthony Davis fit into the game plan every night? And, I mean, as we saw in game one between those two, D'Lo, Austin Reeves, Ruiz, 29 off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> this has actually become a very sneaky Laker team. And that's why I think AD might be more impactful for this run. It's They're not even sneaky anymore. They're just flat out good. And it is... 
it is somewhat surprising because you saw the moves at the deadline and you're like, okay, well, I think Russell is, is probably an upgrade off of what Westbrook was bringing to them. I like what Beasley and Vanderbilt bring in their roles. Um, Rui, they didn't really give up anything for him. I'll take the flyer on a young, talented guy who is in a terrible situation in Washington. But when it all comes together, I, I think I might have said at the time that like I, I would not be surprised if it all just clicked and we woke up and they were suddenly good again. And I think that's exactly what happened. Now, as as regard to the Le, LeBron AD thing, Ben, I have a question for you. Uh, do you believe in the supernatural? I yeah, I I, I do. I'd say I would. Okay, because I just think uh, I think you read my mind because I, I I had the exact same line of thinking where I think we know LeBron I think we're okay taking him for granted in this instance because I think we know what he brings to the table we know he's going to give us his 25 10 and 5 or, or you know 28 11 and 8 or whatever it's going to be whereas AD is is you know the tired phrase he's the x factor here he is his ceiling is as high maybe as any individual player in a playoff game in the league. And that's on both ends, exemplified by seven blocks, because Anthony Davis is not someone who we ever discuss in Defensive Player of the Year. That's mainly a health issue. But the the raw talent is there. And it, it sucks because when you're watching him, and especially that performance he had in Game 1, hopefully that performance he has tonight in game two when he is on he is as good as any player in the league we that was always he was always considered a top 10 player um in new orleans and and for a while in la but ever since the injuries and and some of the inconsistency uh kind of coupled with the high expectations of of the los angeles media and and their fans i think he's fallen out of our out of our thoughts and i think the same thing goes for a player we're going to talk about here in a minute but uh, when Davis is, is as good as he he has been, this team has championship level potential and expectations. And in it's happened before; they they have won a championship with the two of them being the centerpiece of that team. And they're starting to get that mojo back, and they're starting to get back into this championship groove. And it's scary. And in in any playoff series. If you have LeBron and AD, there's a chance you have either the two best players in the series or likely two of the three best players in the series. I mean, just off the top of my head, I don't think there is a single... Is there, is there a, a duo you would take in the current playoff field over LeBron and AD? I mean, from my perspective, again, it's hard to compare the positionality, but like Brown and Tatum... Is yeah. I think certainly rivals it, if not tops it. But that, from there, I don't know where I go. Well, that's the one coming to mind for me. I mean, if you look at the amount of success that uh, Brown and Tatum have brought to Boston, it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, you know, Celtics fans must be loving that duo, like yourself, uh, Pete. It's it's been it's been. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to shut up the people who say they <laughs> one of them's got to get traded. I mean, obviously, we know this team uh, is in some trouble in the series. I'm not going to go into depth yet because we're going to talk about it, I'm sure, in a little while. But, um, you know, obviously, I think, would you still say Steph and Clay? Yeah. I, well, I, if, I think you'd have to, I, right, in terms of power not, duo. They're not even the most important duo on the Warriors, though. I think Steph and Draymond is more important. Talk about things we're going to talk about later. Steph and Draymond is a more important duo for their success and and then you start to get into some of these these what if duos these duos that on paper are better where you're looking at Kawhi Leonard and Paul George of course George is hurt and normally when George is healthy Kawhi is hurt and then you're looking at Booker and Duran who have played what 10 games together maybe a dozen mm. you get into this other sort of other stratosphere uh, I, I do want to throw Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo some love here um, just because I, I love Drew, and I will, I will always be be touting Drew whenever I can. But again, when LeBron and AD are on, like they are right now, and they clearly have the right surrounding cast, um, then they have the potential 
to do uh, to go as far as they can. And of course, we'll see if they can get past Memphis here with with John Morant's uh, health up in question for tonight. And that's a big key because if Ja doesn't play tonight, I really can't see how the Grizzlies are going to win this game. You know, and it really, I think it looked more obvious in Game One that missing Stephen Adams takes away a huge size presence inside. Uh, they really miss him. And especially if Ja goes down tonight and he's unable to go, which it sounds like I think he's still game-time decision. He's not doubtful. Um, but th- this is a huge game because I, I think it, the state of the Grizzlies and that they are still you know a fairly young team against a Lakers team that's really hitting on all cylinders right now. I don't know how you're going to win a series when you have to go to L.A. down 2-0. Can't see it. Yeah, and it's it's funny because, you know, up until this year, Anthony Davis had wanted to be a power forward. He did not want to play center. And what sort of unlocked these Lakers lineups has been playing Anthony Davis at center. And you'd think a way to combat that would be, well, the Grizzlies could play smaller and they can play Jaron Jackson Jr., the current Defensive Player of the Year. Props to Jaron. I love Triple J. You could play him at at center, and he's still like 6'11". It's not like he's necessarily undersized, certainly against Davis. But it's a whole other beast. And and Jaron's been great, but what's been... like If you look at the numbers, Steven Adams is one of the best offensive rebounders ever on like a rate basis and and everything like that. He is a huge blow to the lineup. Some people have circled like an arbitrary date in whatever it was, March or something, that Adams got hurt and been like, oh, since then, the Grizzlies have fallen off. What happened? It's like, yeah, Stephen Adams got hurt. They're starting center, a, a veteran, um, a huge veteran for them. This guy knows how to play and win playoff games. Yeah, it's, it's a huge blow. and I, I don't feel like people were talking about it enough. Yeah, certainly. I, it wasn't talked about enough. Um, and did... Uh, Triple J did get a defensive player of the year, right? I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, they, they, uh, it was two days ago, I think they... Okay, they did announce and then, it. Then I, last I saw night, it, yeah. was, uh, they announced uh, the clutch player of the year. Well, we'll get into him later. Yeah, I know, because he has been pretty clutch. That's been sure. pretty clutch. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. Um, are you... Do, do you think the Grizzlies have any chance in this series? I think I think it's it's a wrap, personally. I, I, and it's I 1-0. Think so it's 1-0 right now. I, I think so, too. I mean, Austin Reeves denounced that he's him. Uh, yeah, he, he did say he's a little... <laughs> I, I think Austin Reeves saying that as officially, like, we're done with the phrase, I'm him. It's, it's officially done. Good for you, Reeves. You are him. But, uh, yeah, kind of over it, people using that. Yeah, it just, it just feels like the Lakers, um, they, they have more depth and... Uh, you know, I think more role players that ultimately help them get through these tough games. And, you know, think about this, Peter. I mean, I I don't want to speculate anything, you know, going forward with the playoffs and the bracket, but, I mean, is it is it fair to say that whoever comes out of that series and whoever comes out of the Kings-Warriors series, you know, those two are going to clash in the second round. Mm-hmm. That that has to be the easier path to the conference finals, right? As opposed to going the, through the top half, because you're going to have Denver, Denver and Phoenix potentially. Denver and Phoenix, I, Denver and the Clippers. I um, mean, who says the Lakers can't potentially make a run to the conference finals? I, I think it's possible. No, it, it, it certainly looks advantageous for them at the moment because uh, if I'm the Lakers, I feel pretty good. Uh, I, I guess uh, Sacramento's played them, if I'm correct, I think they've played them well this year, and they're a yep. whole other challenge because they're just going to run L.A. out of the gym and they're just going to pour pour buckets on them, whereas the Lakers are more built for a slower grind. You know, this defensive identity, which is, again, the identity they had when they won in 2020, and I think they've been getting back to that. So I, it'll be a big stylistic change if they end up playing Sacramento in the second round. Uh, I, I think so, though, because the way De- Denver is just, you know, sort of humming, rolling along. Um, both Clippers and Phoenix look like absolute, you know, warriors here. Um, I would not want to run into either of them. Speaking of that other half of the bracket, our next stat here. Uh, 27.1 versus 27.7. That's only a 0. 0.6 
difference. And we're talking about points. Because after, or rather, over their last 20 games, Kawhi Leonard averaging 27.1 points and 7.1 rebounds on 53% from the field, 46% from three, and 88% shooting from the free throw line. Uh, That's eerily similar to Kevin Durant's 27.7 points and 6.7 rebounds on 56% shooting, 48% from deep, and 92% from the charity stripe. So regardless of their supporting cast, because we know how much those have been changing really throughout the season and and on the day-to-day because... For the Suns, it's been pretty underwhelming. And for the Clippers, they've been pretty effective, um, I guess, up until last night, uh, minus Paul George. Which would you rather have in the playoff series, Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant? That's tough. I'll go first. Go let, first, I'll, please. I'll, I'll let it marinate in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got to think about that for a sec. It's a weird one because... I think there's like a lot of like mythology and by that I mean almost like the way we just think about these players and I think they've had relatively the same amount of success granted I guess you could say Kawhi did it when he was the alpha on the team whereas Durant had to join Steph's Warriors Um, but at the same time you can't say Durant was not the best player on those Warriors was it his team no was he the best player yes uh, different conversation. Uh, but I, I would have to go with Kawhi Leonard in a playoff series. Um, if you look at the way he, he turns it up, uh, the two-way impact, and this is not to say Durant is not. The, the two-way impact is ridiculous. But Kawhi Leonard gives Kevin Durant fits. And I think, and I, I don't necessarily think Kevin Durant's given Kawhi Leonard the same fits. Something weird about Durant where... I've noticed this this year and then last year in the first round against Boston. He looks not superhuman. And this is maybe the first time I've seen this in his career. Because normally you can chalk in, certainly in a playoff uh, scenario, Durant for 30 points um, pretty easily. But now with the way uh, opponents are getting in his airspace and are are knocking the ball out from his from his long arms and his and his tight dribble which is impressive and Kawhi Leonard is perfectly equipped to do that his arms are so long he's so strong and smart um he he knows when to jump in at the perfect time i i always feel like he's perfect at like conserving his energy and and using it at the right time Kawhi he can get his shot seemingly at will he's automatic from the mid-range um, he's a bruiser inside, uh, and then, if you, yeah, over the last twenty games, he's shooting forty six percent from three. Um, Kawhi, it, yeah, he's it's like Thanos. I feel like he's inevitable. Um, so I, I would have to go with with Kawhi. What's your thoughts here, Ben? Yep, I'm definitely right on the same wavelength with you there. Uh, Kawhi looks at least based off the first two games of the series, he is in peak postseason form and there's there's a little bit of old school Kawhi Leonard uh coming out right now um and I will say it was pretty cool because in game one I don't know if you noticed Peter when we were cutting highlights actually for our our show last night uh Clipper Suns there were uh two instant incidences in the fourth quarter um where Kawhi and KD both uh traded off shots like with the game right in balance it's like oh all right Kawhi, jumper from just inside the free throw line. Clippers go up one. KD answers with a shot from the high block. And it's like, <laughs> and, and the two of them were on each other, and they have been most of the series. That's the best part for me, that they're, it's they're a, willing to take that assignment. It's a great matchup. I mean, it, and no disrespect to Kevin Durant. Uh, the guy can get on a heater himself. We, we all know that. Yes. Um, and both of these two uh, are so fun to watch. That's why, you know, imagine... Kawhi or KD uh, pulling up on one or the other uh, in whatever, whether it's game six, game seven, because this series is going to be long. It's going to be a long series. And yeah. I, I just think that I would take um, I, I'd take Kawhi because he looks, you know, more battle tested. You, you used a good word, a bruiser. Um, and I think that just embodies who he is. And I'll tell you what, um, if Kawhi can keep this energy up that he's shown uh, through the first two games. 
<laughs> the the Suns could be in some trouble, uh, especially. It, I mean, all the Clippers really have to do in terms of a goal right now is just just at least pick up one in L.A. That's what you got to do. You're going to have to get back to Phoenix at 2-2 because that crowd is loud and proud for their sons. But I'll take the claw over the Durantula. I Yeah. Um, and honestly, I thought the Clippers were going to end up winning that game last night. If you look at the box score, you see Phoenix wins by 14, so you think it, it might not have been close. But th- this was a game in the balance the whole time. And it took... Uh, from the Suns, Booker had 38 points and he played 45 minutes. Kevin Durant plays 44 minutes. You get good efficiency out of DeAndre Ayton, 7 of 10 shooting on 13 boards. You get uh, a good efficiency from Torrey Craig, 6 of 9 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3, 17 points. Chris Paul has a good shooting night, 8 of 14, 16 points. And then from the Clippers, it takes a poor shooting night from some of their... Uh, options they need to rely on while Paul George is hurt. Norman Powell's 4 of 11 from the field he did not hit a 3. Eric Gordon, 4 of 12 from the field. Nicholas Batum, 0 of 4. Zubac, uh for a center, he was 2 of 7. Um, you know, and it was Russell Westbrook who had to do it all, 9 of 16. Um, so, as this goes back to L.A., I uh, one thing I'm really going to monitor, um, this isn't going to show up on the stat sheet, but it's going to be these crowds in L.A. because Phoenix fans are generally good fans, um, and certainly they'll be out in full forces now. And the Clippers aren't exactly known for having a strong fan base. Uh, really no L.A. teams, I guess, may, I, I suppose, minus the Lakers. Most of the time, it's just a place for visiting fans to sort of pack the arena. And, uh, you know, this is a, it's a divisional matchup here, the Pacific Division between the Clippers and the Suns. So will the Suns fans be showing up in full force? And will that, like, home court that the Clippers sort of gained back by winning game one on the road, will it sort of render neutral if, if they show up? Yeah, I, exactly. And... um you're right because the Suns do have a loyal, dedicated fan base. Um, they they've been waiting to have big playoff basketball games in Phoenix, and you know these last couple of seasons they've they've got it, and they have a team that feels like they can still go out there and you know not just win the West, but perhaps <laughs> win it all. Uh, there's a lot of faith and hope in Phoenix, especially when they landed. Kevin Durant earlier this season. Um, I, I will say, like I said, this is this is a fun series. And, you know, like, the more and more I think about it, you know, I took the Suns in this series, but... Yeah, I, yeah, I, look at, I, I did too, but I, I don't feel as confident anymore. Yeah, like, you know, I really wasn't thinking about the amount of bench depth that the Clippers really do have. They, they have a lot of guys that, you know, you can turn to. Uh, when you need somebody else to, you know, kind of carry the load. I mean, you know, specifically, obviously, Terrence Mann and Bones Highland. Um, I, I think Bones Bones came from Denver this season, right? That was a midseason acquisition? Correct. Right, yeah. Um, so they, they do have other, you know, pieces on the bench. The Suns, you know, they're going to have to rely a lot on their uh, starting five. But um, I'm very curious to see how it's going to go. Uh, out in LA uh, because like I said this will be a fun series uh, to keep watching and like I said Kawhi versus KD and shout out to Russell Westbrook the especially on the defensive end these opening two games he has been incredible he has been ball hawking uh, in the last minute of game one he literally uh, prevented the Suns from getting two offensive boards uh, then went on to miss a deep three followed by making a pair of free throws and then blocking Devin Booker to end the game and you mm-hmm. know Russell Westbrook my friend the uh, the sun does set in the west after all um <laughs> yeah the sun's not setting on Westbrook I think pretty, oh, pretty not. resurgent the, as we I don't want to belabor this series anymore but 
the thing about the Clippers, like you said, is like this depth, it seems like it came out of nowhere, which is funny because I think this is something they've been touting for a while, that they have this depth, they have this depth, that uh, after these two guys they have, you know, they, they can throw these guys at you. They throw Powell, they throw Covington, uh, Mar- or Mo- Morris. Covington and Morris were DNPs. They didn't even play. They were healthy, healthy uh, uh, DNP CDs, as we like to say, um, for game two. But they they keep on throwing guys at you. But I guess up until this point, no one really no one really cared. Like that depth didn't really matter because if you didn't have that combination of George and Leonard um, firing, then who really cares? But no, to their credit, I think they've done a good job of of getting guys that, that can work and and are just guys who, to be honest, can fit in any situation. Batum he can pretty much play with anyone. Mm. Zubach he really knows his role. He's kind of like a weird player if you watch him too much um but he's certainly an effective center um westbrook i mean there's the gamble um uh i i think they just bet on tyron Lue being able to, to figure that out and he's played with paul george obviously hasn't played with Kawhi leonard before but there is that that connection he already has with pg eric gordon plug and play with anyone Plumley's a veteran he can pretty much play with anyone underrated playmaking Plumley. uh bones mm. Uh, I mean, they, they gave up, like, a bunch of seconds for him. He's, like, a spark plug guy. He played 14 minutes. Uh, Terrence Mann, he, uh, if you forget, he was the starting point guard for this team for a stretch. He was, After yes. the John Wall experiment didn't work, after Reggie oh Jackson my. was not playing well. John Wall. Oh. Yeah, they touted that one. They were like, John Wall, he's back. He's, <laughs> he, he's so healthy after all these years. He has all this energy because he hasn't played in 9 million years. Uh, yeah, and then obviously Powell, Covington, Morris. So I, I, I do think it's a thing. Um, obviously, the Paul George thing hurts. Uh, if I'm going to pick, you know, let, let's, yeah, for, I guess for these series we're going to talk about, we're going to see if, if our predictions for the series have changed. I, just watching them, I think they're the better team. I think the Clippers are going to win this. I, yeah, as, as we've gone through these first two games, I've kind of felt, you know the same way um it's it's hard-nosed basketball that's what the playoffs are and that's what these two teams represent um i i think i might have to i i've i might have to side with the clippers after what i've seen so far um i mean obviously i originally did pick the suns but i i don't know just the way that the clippers have come out and have really for the most part played two f- pretty close games um like even last night was basically close right up until like the last three minutes or whatever it was um and it's funny because actually chuck mentioned it on inside last night that you know if that game was in la i the the way that it was going uh, we don't know if the suns necessarily would have won i i'd have to agree with them on that yeah but again i think this goes back to like are these la crowds going to be real or not especially with the clippers i mean again it's different for talking about the lakers here but this is the clippers this is the clippers this is a deep clippers team and um like i said this is this was definitely one of the more intriguing series in the west that i i had my eye on going in uh it was very very tough to originally pick it so but we'll see what happens out to la they go and we're going to head out to break here in a second. We're going to come back talking about two more series, one in the West, one in the East. Make your picks on, on what they could be. And we're going to debut a brand new segment to open after the break. So stay tuned for that here in one minute. Back from the break here with our brand new segment. It's a numbers game Oh, where, where I have a stats-based question for Ben, and he is going to try to oh, see boy. if he can figure it out. So, again, we're all basketball today, so this comes from that line of thinking. Here's your question, Ben. By the way, you do have... Uh, I didn't make the rules for this game ahead of didn't time. Make the rules? There's rules? Oh, no. <laughs> what you do is you're going to get th- uh, three yes or no questions. Three yes or no questions. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you can be like, is this player six feet tall or shorter? And I'll be like, yes or no. And then, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Uh, I see what you uh, mean. You'll get three. So here's our question. Right. Only two players have averaged 25 points, 10 rebounds, and five assists in the playoffs for their entire career. 
Ben, who are they? All right. Well, the first question that I have, it's actually kind of obvious, but I would assume do both these players have multiple NBA championships? No. No. Oh, so, okay. It's not one that I'm thinking of then. Um, Have either of these players been in the league in the last 10 years? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Is either one a point guard by chance? No. Well, there's your three questions. Yeah, there's my three questions. Yeah, it goes by quick. All right. I'm, okay, I'm going to say. So played in the last 10 years. Right, played in the last 10 years. They've won. Both don't have multiple championships. Correct. Okay. And they're not a point guard. None, neither's a point guard. Wow. Uh, played in the last 10 years. Well, gosh, if, if both don't have multiple NBA championships. Okay, all right. Well, um, I'm going to have to say Dirk and LeBron for their longevity in the playoffs. Well, it clearly can't be LeBron. He's won multiple championships. Oh, God. Oh, geez. There's my dumb moment of the day. You can keep the, uh, you can keep the Dirk guess, but, uh, you know, so sub, that, sub the other one out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so was Dirk correct then? I'm not saying that. I'm uh, saying you, oh, you okay. get to change LeBron because we know, we know right, it's not correct. Right. We know. Oh man, this is this is interesting. Uh, yeah, and LeBron's won multiple, of course. Uh, what about? Hmm, man, this is this is tricky. What about Hakeem? Uh, he he has two championships, Ben. Oh, geez, wow. I'm really dropping the ball out here on the theater. <laughs> I, I'm letting you down. The, this whole numbers Hakeem, game is getting Hakeem, way down today. Hakeem Olajuwon has not played in the last 10 years in the oh, NBA. Oh, right. Jeez. You. I'm not thinking. It is I, not your morning. I am. No, it is not. Might be a one and done segment. No, this, <laughs> this is not exciting. Oh, my gosh. I, I think you might have to. Uh, you might have to tell me. I'm trying to think. If it's okay, it's last ten years. All right, right. Last ten I, years means I don't know they, why I forgot that. Last ten why years, I say Hakeem? Yeah, they, that means oh they could, they can be an active player. They can, they can. Okay. Well, like I said, I think I think Dirk is one. Dirk would okay, you're honestly locked have in on to Dirk. Be. I'm locked in on Dirk. I mean, gosh, like maybe um, in the last ten years. What what about uh, I I don't know um, what about KD you know what I, yeah I'll go I'll go Dirk and KD you're locking in Kevin Durant yeah you yeah, know what let's go with those Kevin two. Durant has multiple championships <laughs> <laughs> okay I think so <laughs> you you lose your ability to, to have a second guess after goodness that um. <laughs> I will say, granted, I know the answer, but I, I did think this you'd be able to get one at least. You were 0 for 2. Uh, I was. Okay. Dirk, Dirk was not one of them. Dirk was not? No. Wow. So they're what? Bo- so they're both active players. They are Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, man. Giannis is going to be my next guest. And yeah. Nikola Jokic. R- Jokic? Okay, this is presuming wow. that, that the stat is correct, which I believe it is. I'm gonna just rely on Twitter on this one. But yes. Wow wow, that's the, the twenty five points I think is a little shocking. See, I was trying to think of longevity and that's why I I like I said, I don't know why I said Hakeem, holy cow, and I, I can't count championships clearly off the top of my head. We've we've learned not, that today. Not your strong Gosh. Series. Oh. What is going on with me? Interesting. So Giannis and Jokic, well, that's funny that you uh, bring up a question that involves those two, Peter, because those are my two NBA finalists right there. And Nuggets Bucks. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, was, I had Nuggets Celtics, so you, you have not changed course over the, the first couple games of the playoffs here? I have not. I am still sticking with that. Okay. I am. All right. All right. Well, we're not going to talk about either of them right now. We're going to talk about 
And that is it for It's a Numbers Game <laughs> yeah. forever on the show. <laughs> it, hey, it, Gosh. We, we might come back. We'll see. May, maybe it needs to be the other way. Maybe you need to ask me a question. I, I might have to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, maybe wow. we'll alternate weeks. So, so next week, Ben, you got to come up with something. Okay. All right. That's fair. I like that. So uh, our next stat, 0-2. So the Sacramento Kings have lit the beam twice in a row to start their first-round series against the Golden State Warriors, making it the first time in his career that Steph Curry has been down 0-2 in a playoff series. Now they'll be without Draymond Green following his suspension for Game 3 after his altercation with DeMontis Sabonis. By altercation, I mean he uh, stepped on his chest. You know, Ben, uh, before I ask this question here, um, what would you like to have your Draymond rant that I have felt coming? Well, yeah, it's it, it's not going to be the biggest rant, and it's not going to be, you know, I'm not going to go long-winded, hopefully. Uh, but just sh- short to the point. You know, this is a tough series already for the Golden State Warriors. If you think about the situation they've been all season long, they went 11-30 and 30 on the road in the regular season. They're playing a Sacramento Kings team who, honestly, I think a ton of people have slept on them because... You're telling me. You're preaching I, to the choir here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's led by De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, Malik Monk has been awesome for this team as well. Uh, and... They're here to play. They know what's up. And then we have the other side. And, of course, what are the odds that Draymond Green gets involved in yet another dirty play? Very high, apparently. I I will tell you one thing about this. It's completely unacceptable. In a huge game, a game two that I wouldn't say was a must win because you have a deep roster. Uh, And you're going home to San Francisco, of course. But as we saw that, the NBA came down last night and said that Draymond Green would be suspended for Game 3. And good. Good for the league because this is ridiculous. We can't – Draymond cannot (laughs) – cannot be making boneheaded decisions in big games. It's just ridiculous. Because I don't care what people say about Sabonis grabbing his leg. Cut cut it. I don't care. Draymond said, I have to put my foot somewhere. Yeah, well, you have a human being right underneath you, and you decide to stomp on his chest? What a loser. You know, get off the court. And good. You know, I'm glad Adam Silver was there in person to see this atrocity of emotion. <laughs> atrocity. You know, because this is ridiculous. Draymond Green needs to learn that in big-time games, he has to control his emotions. And obviously, his dirty play history, <laughs> you know, we've, we've seen it before. You know, this is not, you know, this is not a one-time thing. Um, he, he, he kicked Steven Adams in, in, yes, in the nether region. That's the one that I remember yeah, that, the most. That's, that's probably the, the biggest one here. Yeah. Yep. Multiple times, too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these incidents in 2016, don't forget the uh, the Kyrie kick. Um, Kyrie kick, it, uh, in a way, single-handedly lost on the finals. Yeah, and <laughs> I know. Like, it's just, I, I'm so glad that the league actually finally did something right here because, you know, at least by doing this, it's going to show that they don't tolerate any of this nonsense anymore. And, look, you know, we know already that... The NBA has a bunch of drama queens within it, and Draymond Green is woven into that fabric with all of these, you know, cheap, boneheaded decisions that he makes on the court. And like I said, this guy has no filter, no filter at all. So, like I said, good, good, you know? The Warriors don't deserve to have him in Game 3 after that incident because it's ridiculous. And I'll tell you one thing, I... (laughs) If if Draymond actually um, does happen to, you know, make another boneheaded play in game four, which I would highly doubt, I'm sure he's hopefully going to keep his emotions somewhat in check. But it, this is just, it's ridiculous. I, I'm so glad that the league came down with this one game suspension. They, they needed to. And 
to show that they're not going to take any of it. Well, you, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, if I was getting my leg grabbed by a guy, I I don't know about you, but my like natural reaction is is to do like the little one legged hop, just try to like get just get my leg out, Certainly. not not push off with the other leg, fully welling or f- full well well, um, knowing knowing full well, no, there it is, <laughs> knowing full well that there is a human being underneath me. Um, I, I, I just, I don't understand. Every, every time you think this dude's been in the league forever, um, you know, he's been seven years since that 2016 team. Like, does he not know? Does he not care? Does he yeah, think he's exactly. just like a god amongst men here? Um, so what do you think about that? It was, it was clearly intentional language by the league in that statement yeah. saying that his past history of altercations was a factor in this one game suspension. Do you agree with using a precedent like that to handle in, but certainly in this case with the history of, or lack of history for a while of these teams in isolated incident? Well, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, like I said, obviously they, they saw enough in this play that the history of it, you know, with Draymond, and it should be, like, I I don't know. Um, Like, you know, I think Shaq actually took the position of, you know, he thought that Draymond being ejected from the game was enough, but it's it it wasn't. I mean, this was the right call by the league, and I'll just build off one thing you said, Peter. Like you said, the one-hop thing would make the most logical sense. You don't use your back leg to... Throw down on somebody's chest. I mean, come on. Like, what? It's not the... It's just <laughs> not natural. It, I, I don't understand. You would think your front leg you'd use to, you know, try and yeah, you try use your momentum like, to move away. Yeah, you're trying to, like, shit out. But, you know, then instead you have Draymond who clearly intentionally put his foot on Sabonis' chest. Ridiculous. I, like I said, I had to put my foot somewhere. Yeah. Put it somewhere else. And you had to put your foot down, draw the line in the sand, and then say how unacceptable this is. And it is. It is. I, th- this can't be happening in play- big-time playoff games like this. It, it can't be. Now, you know, I've, I've also seen the line of thinking where it's like he shouldn't have gotten the suspension because, uh, you know, in, in cases like this, most people will will shy against a suspension come the playoffs because they don't want something like that to dictate a playoff series. And look, this is the same line of thinking that in the last two minutes of like a game, you shouldn't call a foul in a certain scenario. You shouldn't call a penalty. You shouldn't. What? All of a sudden, when we get in the last couple minutes of a game, we're throwing the rule book away. No, you call the game. Like, I'm sorry you foul a guy to end a game. Just don't foul him then. Well, this isn't how we do things. Oh, he shouldn't have got suspended. Okay, maybe he shouldn't have kicked on a guy's chest while he was down. Why are we making right. special circumstances based off the time in the game? No, you make it based off the buildup of the game and the context you're in. But you don't make special circumstances just because it's close. I don't want to ruin the game. Well, and, and I'll tell you one thing. What really, really put the nail in the coffin on Draymond being suspended was when he you know, stupidly went over to the crowd and audibly mouthed some profanity uh, that we cannot say on these airwaves. Um, Well, one thing I'll say about that. So they were showing the replay of that on, uh, I think it was Get Up. Um, I I only saw the clip on Twitter. It was, I think... Jay Williams or Jalen Rose talking Was it like it. a hot mic or were they just doing they like, like a lip reading type of thing? Uh, they weren't lip reading. They were just showing it oh. and they were just talking about it. They, they were just talking about it. They were just showing oh, it. Oh, it was okay. just, you know, the B-roll. Um, um, but they there were some people in the Sacramento crowd who were, who were flipping the bird at Draymond and yeah. they blurred that out. But then they fully just showed Draymond mouthing the, the word that we know he said they yep. didn't blur that out. I was like, it's painfully obvious what he's saying. Yeah. And then they oh, sh- even I saw it in real time. I was like, I saw it in real time. I was like, oh my. It's like, oh I, yeah. I do think <laughs> like, it, oops. I do think it was a factor. Now he, I mean, Draymond is again. He's not afraid to, to egg on crowds. We saw him do it um, last year and uh, Grizzly uh, in Memphis when he was he was waving the towel. You know, when they were getting blown out in Memphis in the FedEx form. But I, I do think it was a factor uh, towards the suspension. And 
to be honest, I think it was warranted. Um, the history of, of of actions factors into it. And when you have a trippy series, you're going back to Golden State. You know, they'll probably get away with mayhem here. And his history, uh, you, you could think of it as potentially a player safety issue coming up. And I don't know if that's their line of thinking. I, it, I, might, I might have to go back to their statement that at NBA PR released. Um, but it, it's certainly a factor. Um, but certainly, I think Draymond's absence will only perpetuate this. But is it officially time to hit the panic button, not the beam button, <laughs> if you're the Warriors? Uh, it has to be, right? <laughs> I'm going to say no. You're not worried? You're down 2-0, and you're without your second most important player. Look, look, you know, I as much as I've been on the Kings' side, I still have it in the back of my head that the Warriors are not done. They are not done at all. Um, I, I think they still have a fighting chance, if not then some, in this series still. Uh, because, obviously, yes, Draymond Green being gone is going to hurt uh, defensively. Uh, without a doubt. He also but, led the team in assists this year. Right. But we can't forget, Peter. You know, if we look, who's still out on the court? Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Jordan Wiggins, Poole. We played two games over the course of the last, uh, like, 120 days. Uh, mind yes, you. Yes, which is true. <laughs> um, but, like I said, Curry, Clay, and Poole out on the floor. I'm sorry, but, like, as much as I've been on the Kings... Fox, Moncurter, who needs those three? You're right, and look, they've been checking all the boxes. Absolutely. That's why I picked the Kings in this series, because I thought that with home court, they were going to be able to edge this thing out. And so far, those opening two games have been, realistically, A-plus games from Sacramento. But, like I said, the Warriors are not done. Look at all the championship experience on this roster. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they're they not done until they're actually knocked out. Now, 3 is a different animal. If they do lose game three, of, of course, I, I would think it's definitely over. But Has not, has not uh, been over overcome in the NBA. Yeah, but, you know, what I would think in terms of Sacramento's side of the story... Let's just say Sacramento does end up stealing one in San Fran, and they Mm -hmm. go home up 3-1. You know, how do they handle that moment? Because, I mean, outside of, what, Sabonis and... Sabonis and uh, Herder. Herder, And Harrison Barnes. Oh, yeah, right. Harrison Barnes, who's a veteran player who was obviously on the uh, the 15-16 Warriors team. No, 14-15, uh, I think. Uh, on the end of that bench, Matthew Delvadova. He's, he's on that Sacramento team. <laughs> oh, wow. I believe, uh, I I believe Trey Lyles has some playoffs yes. experience. And Trey Lyles had a, a pretty good game one. But I, I just, you know, th- this is still a fairly young team. Um, I'm just curious to see how they handle the moment if that is a potential scenario. If they do go home, um, actually up 3-1. But like I said, I I do really expect the Warriors to respond here. It's going to become a series, at least in my eyes, even without Draymond Green on the court in Game 3. It just feels like the the depth, the three-point shooting, and the pure offensive talent out of those big three on Golden State. That just, it feels like it's going to become a series. And it's almost just in the back of my head that, you know, wow, it's like this is a great start for, you know, the Kings. And I love this team. I have them going to the Western Conference Finals, which I do. Um, it's impressive. Yeah. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm i not counting out the Warriors until that final bell goes up. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's a fair thing, and I, I think they they've garnered that respect certainly. Right. Uh, here's a here's a stat for you, Ben. Uh, you know, pretty relevant for this I, show. I, I think so. Yeah. Well, let's hear it. The Warriors' winning percentage this season with Draymond Green, fifty six point two percent, five six two. Without Draymond, three thirty three. They oh are they are significantly worse. He led the team oh in assists, blocks, plus minus, and stomped chests this season. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> again. It's tough. Um, I think it's time to, to, to hit the panic button. Now, the panic button for the Warriors looks different than the panic button for a lot of teams. 
For the Warriors, I think it looks um, like maybe they just need to get back into their sets. They need to you know change their mentality, and maybe they don't. Maybe they have confidence in their home core and be able to get back to Golden State. They think maybe they think they can just win this game in seven. They just need to be able to win one game in Sacramento if they're able to win all their games at home. And maybe that's the case. Um, if I'm the Warriors, I don't know if I hit the panic button because I know what I am, and I'm not scared of anything. I'm not scared of anyone. Right. I, you know, I have so much confidence and belief in myself. For me, from the outside, seeing what's happening, I would be concerned. Certainly, the way the Kings are playing, and the way you would think the Warriors are going to play without Draymond Green in tow. Um, by the way, I had the Warriors as uh, in the Western Conference Finals with the Nuggets. I am going to amend that uh, right now to the Lakers. <laughs> um, so I'm, yeah, that's my pick. Will it pay off? I don't know. Interesting. Uh, now I believe uh, so that we we shadowed that uh, coming into the break that we'd we'd have our, our our new fun segment. Did that? We'd have a Western Conference series. Did that? And we said we'd have an Eastern Conference series. We're about to do that now. Is it obvious which Eastern Conference series we're going to talk about? Probably. Doesn't matter? No. <laughs> ben, go ahead. Well, um, and that'll segue into our next stat. Because the New York Knicks and Cleveland Cavaliers have um, been off and running. These opening two games, uh, the series is tied at one game apiece. But the stat I have before we discuss the series quickly, it's the number 24. And this is the amount of time that it took for the New York Knicks to finally pick up a road playoff win. 1999, that was before I was even in this world. Um, the last win, of course, was in 1999 against the Indiana Pacers. Now, uh, I have a question for you. I saw people talking about this on, on Twitter. So, Are you upset that Reggie Miller was broadcasting the Knicks game on TNT last night? Oh, was, was oh, he, are was he, he watching I, the MSG? I, well, yes, and I was also anchoring in class last night. So I didn't get to see every single minute of the game. Okay. Uh, in real, <laughs> real time. But Okay, but uh, re- regardless, just, just the thought of it. I mean, What, were people upset about that? Some people were like, why is Reggie Miller calling the Knicks? Uh, here we go. <laughs> well, I, I get why after, <clears throat> you know, Reggie Miller was the original Trey Young, by the way. Uh, he's... It was uh, the original. Yeah, in a lot of ways, sure. Uh, yes, but uh, yeah. I the know. Knicks always seem to have a villain in a playoff series. And honestly, Donovan Mitchell is going to step up in that that role next. I can see it already. Well, he <laughs> is. Yeah, he, he's, he's the one that got away, you know, because cause he didn't feel like including Quentin Grimes in a trade. Nice job, guys. Um, yeah, RJ Barrett's re- looking real good right now. He's contributing a lot. Yeah. He's the future, right? Can't trade him. And I have it t-shirt with him that I bought at the beginning of the year. But anyways, uh, <laughs> back to the stat. No, the last... but, but are you bothered by Reggie? Like, like, does that matter to you or no? Just from no. a fan perspective. No, not at all. I mean, Reggie's always been a good collar guy with Kevin Harlan. I mean, Kevin Harlan's the one that takes the cake in that you know duo anyways, I yeah. think, because his animated calls are just you know <laughs> unmatched sometimes. Mm. No, I, I have no problem with that. You know, like... Yeah, you know, pass is the pass type of deal. As long as Reggie's not biased toward the Cavs, who cares? You know, as long as there's no, like, real I did, bias. I didn't hear anything, so. Yeah, it is, exactly. It's just another prime example. I, and, I mean, look, uh, our fan base is hella dedicated. Mm. <laughs> Insane. Yeah, the yeah, amount. Yep, certainly. Like, the Garden is always sold out, even when the Knicks were 15 and 67 under Derek Fisher <laughs> in the 2015 season, I think it was. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, the, the Knicks are just the pride and joy of New York basketball. And uh, honestly, I think behind the Yankees, the Knicks are probably the second most popular and valuable franchise out there. The Yankees are, are across sport. No, uh, no, in New York. Sorry. Oh, well, not not across sport. Yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> no, I, no. There's Barcelona, others, out there. right? Yeah. Yes, um, there's many others uh, in well, the New York area. That's what I mean. Well, football is just a whole another beast. Uh, it's hard, right. It's hard to compare. I would. 
I would tend to think so. Yeah, I would tend to think so. I'm not going to pull it forward. It, it, it just feels that way. That, yeah, that's the, what the national brands. Of um, course, the, the Giants and the Jets have tons of value. But in terms of loyalty and, um, you know, the the amount of I think passion that New York gets. And I think the name brand that, that they right. are. Yeah, they are the New York Knicks, of course. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, back run, to the run, middle run, of the yeah, stat. Run through the rest of it, please. Yes. Like I said, uh, first Knicks road playoff win since 1999. The stat number is 24. Last one came against the Indiana Pacers in 99. This was the same year that the Knicks ended up running all the way to the NBA Finals, which they got halted quickly by the San Antonio Spurs in five games, which I believe it was Tim Duncan's rookie, rookie year. Tim Duncan. Uh, in could have been on the Celtics. 99. <laughs> yeah, he could have been. Um, and some of the names on that roster that year for the New York Knicks included Allen Houston, Patrick Ewing, and Marcus Camby, the good old days of Knicks basketball. And uh, Stephen A., in case nobody has seen it on social media yet, uh, in the past hour, um, Stephen A. is saying, quote, cancel that uh, in terms of the Cavs going into MSG and winning game three on Friday night because Stephen A. is uh, feeling alive and well right now. And I have to agree. I don't think the Cavs are going to uh, go in there and win game three. They can get game four, I think. But MSG is going to be bonkers on Friday night. Like we thought the Hawks series was wild. I-, I think now that the Knicks are actually, you know, coming home in a split, this is a much different tone than two years ago with Atlanta. Uh, and look, you know, I picked the Knicks to win the series. It's a little bias. It's also a little bit of, you know, belief because I do firmly believe, I said it on this show, whatever, just over a month ago, that the Knicks would win a first-round playoff series. Uh, and I, I'm going to stand by it because, like I said, um, you know, even though last night was atrocious, really, and what is Tom Thibodeau keeping Julius Randle in the game up by 20? Or the, when the Cavs are up by 20 with three minutes left, that didn't right, make well, sense. Well, he wanted to put in the, he wanted to have the scrubs in, so he had Randle in. Yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I, but <laughs> at the same time, it's like you, you got to gauge, you know, uh, the situation. And I, Tibbs dropped the ball on that. It looks mm-hmm. like Randle is okay. Like I said, I feel good. You know what? The Knicks needed to get one in Cleveland, um, and they did that. It's not going to be easy. Both these teams are really good. But I would like to believe that the Knicks have the slight edge uh, in terms of their bench depth. So I'm looking forward to Friday night at MSG. Cue the Friday night Knicks theme song. Uh, There's a theme song? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. I'll have to look that up. There is a Friday night Knicks theme song. Oh, well, we'll, 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 we're not going to play it on the air. No, we're not. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I still think the Cavs are going to win this series. Um, the way uh, you know the the Cavs, they asked him after Game One, you know, like like what need, what needs to change, what do you need to do to get back in the series, and they just kept preaching physicality. We need to be more physical. We need to be more physical. And Evan Mobley has sort of led that charge. I thought he wasn't that physical in Game One. He kind of like Julius Randle do whatever he wanted, and he came back with a force. He had a I think it was a put back dunk. I think it was over Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, last night, and he he looked like he was ready to play, um, and I think that whole Cavs team did. Um, again, for a lot of this team, yeah, really outside of of Mitchell and uh, to a degree Allen, it's their first test in the playoffs. It's their first time for really for like Garland and uh, Nakoro and uh, pretty much I think Karis Levert. And I I think you know they just have to get into that mindset. And Mitchell is a great leader for them to lead them. Into that. Uh, as we sort of wrap up here, Ben, we're going to get into our stats star of the week, guy we previewed earlier. Uh, um, we, I don't think we ever uh, – no, we said his name. We said his name. But, uh, you know, here's our, our fantastic read for this one. Swiper, no swiping does not work here. This isn't, this isn't Dora the Explorer. If it did, maybe the Warriors would have won a game <laughs> already. De'Aaron Fox, a.k.a. Swipa the Fox uh, on, on Instagram, I believe is his handle, is your stat star of the week with his 62 points through two games leading all players through two games. It's also a good week for De'Aaron as he was just named the first ever Jerry West Clutch Player of the Year. I believe he led all players in clutch points and he also scored the most clutch points in the season, 194. 
since 2018, LeBron James. <laughs> that's a good read. I like that. Swipe or no swiping doesn't work here. That's that's <laughs> a great line. It don't. The Warriors would um, win a game if it did. Like I said, uh, De'Aaron Fox has been the center of it all uh, for the Sacramento Kings in these opening two games. And like I said, this is what the NBA needed. The NBA needed De'Aaron Fox in the playoffs. Uh, he's so talented, such a great ball handler, can shoot the three well. Um, he's dynamic. He's versatile. He Maybe does the a fastest lot of different player in the league. Oh, the his speed and agility is just unbelievable. Um, it, it, it's a real treat uh, to get to watch him. And, you know, unfortunately, with the fact that, you know, the Sacramento Kings haven't been the team that they have been until now, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people really watched the Aaron Fox and watched the Kings. Yeah, I'll be honest. I so I'm a, I'm a De'Aaron Fox fan. I have been ever since he entered entered the league. Something uh, about Calipari players at that, Kentucky, right? Uh, well, I mean, certainly Kentucky. They kind of you know they, they 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 don't go far in March at all. But they 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 mm. chug out the NBA talent. But De'Aaron, he it was tough to say if he would ever get over the hump. If he'd just be like a a good stats, bad team guy. And then for there's a stretch there and, and sort of in the last couple of years where even the stats weren't great. His efficiency was awful. Uh, but he's finally, I think, figured it out. And it's all uh, uh, come together for him. I was about to say something. I could not figure it out. Uh, but anyways, I'm just really happy, happy for him. He deserves a lot of shine. It was just a couple of years ago where, based off his contract and the way he was playing, that some people thought it was one of the worst contracts in the league. Bill Simmons said that the Kings should try to trade him to the Lakers for Westbrook and those two first-round picks, thinking that the first-round picks are, you know, the ultimate asset here, that, you know, Foxes, you know, maybe get off that contract. Boy, was he wrong uh, on that. De'Aaron... One of uh, one of the best point guards in the league. Uh, one of the most underrated for a while. Um, he finally, I think, got the supporting cast. Finally got a good coach. Finally got a, a, a running mate there in DeMontis Bonus. Shout out to Tyrese, my guy, my my actual guy. Darren, you're my guy, but I'm, I'm more of a more of a Halliburton fan. Um, yeah, very happy for the Kings. I hope this continues. Those crowds have been electric at the Golden One Center. They've been lighting the beam. So, um, hey, we'll see if uh, they they may not have to come back for the first round. They might finish this thing in in uh, rather in geez, San Francisco. I, I mean, never say never. Like I said, um, <laughs> I, I'm still not going to count out the Warriors, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sacramento um, ends up stealing at least one in in San Francisco. It could very well be possible. Mm-hmm. We uh, we just don't know. Um, it's the and in terms of the East, you know, just in case people, um, you know, are looking at some of those matchups. I mean, I am the the East playoffs are really like outside of Cavs Knicks. It it looks like it's going to be a snooze fest in the first round in the East. Um, now, Milwaukee Miami takes an interesting turn because Tyler Hero is out with a broken hand and Giannis is doubtful for Game Two. Uh, tonight with that lower back contusion. Seems so, like he's going to play, all, all reports. Right, right. And, I mean, so that could be, I guess, somewhat of an interesting series, but losing Tyler Hills, that's an offensive loss right yeah, there. Yeah, they, the they don't have another creator at the guard position other than Kyle Lowry. Um, that's the issue. I mean, if you look at the three-point shooting, sure, I guess you could plug and play Duncan Robinson, Max Struess. Uh, you know, you have a couple options, but it's it's the playmaking, the off the dribble creation that that hero brings. That's really hard to, especially in the playoff series, a slow grind. Especially in the it box, is. it's a slow grind. You know, outside of Jimmy Butler and the inconsistencies of Kyle Lowry, you don't have another uh, off the dribble creator. And uh, before we go, what's your opinion, by the way, about you know having the like extra day between some of these games, like literally? You know, I follow the Stanley Cup playoffs too. They play basically every other day. And the NBA, 
you know, sometimes separates with two days of rest. It's every third day sometimes there's a game. What, what do you think about that? Obviously, well, there's arena conflicts That's what, Well, that was my initial thing because I was looking. I was like, wait, wow, like the, the Celtics series is like two games. And then, well, obviously, the, the Boston Bruins have yeah. their first round series of their own. They, they've been playing. Uh, I don't know if you follow. They've been pretty good. Uh, <laughs> we talked about it last episode, by the They're way. They're all right. Yeah. To start off the show, <laughs> if you want to check that out. Um, I, I believe it was play, uh, play, geez, what was the name of that? Play in, play out, play on, play off was the name of that episode. Um, that was what? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. For the podcast listeners at home, that's what oh, it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I like it because some of these, when you start to get to the, like in between the Eastern Conference Finals and the NBA Finals last season for the Celtics, I think they had two days off in between series of that magnitude. And we were like, oh, come on, like, give me a break. Like, uh, at the end of the day, we want to see the best basketball. We want to see the best results, best performance, everyone at their peaks, right? No other excuses. So if they need to have another day rest to make sure everyone's feeling good and we get the best result, I have no issue with it, personally. I, I know sometimes you're you're looking at the schedule and you're like, how is it two games until my team plays again? Um, which, I mean, from that perspective, sucks. But, you know, I want to see everyone playing the best they can. Yeah, I mean, um, like, the the Knicks series uh, is going to even out um, a little bit coming up because, you know, like I said, game one was Saturday. Game two was obviously Tuesday. Game three, Friday. Game four, Sunday. So it, it kind of, uh, you know, evens it out. By the way, uh, for the Knicks fans out there, and for the listeners on the pod, the few, the proud, Mike Breen is going to be calling both games at MSG for ABC, not oh, MSG. Wow. So you might just have to. Oh, actually, wait a second. Oh, no, you know what? MSG probably doesn't have broadcasts, actually, for Friday and Sunday, because anytime a game is on ABC, that's network television. So I think it's in the contract that if a game is broadcast on ABC, you cannot have the local networks do it. But if it's ESPN and TNT, they can. Yes, and because that's not broadcast, that's cable, technically. And, and this is only for the first round, by the way. This right. This is not for the second and third. Is uh, Regional networks do not have any... any Just pre- and post-game. That's it, yeah. Correct. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, well, that does it for us. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, where I'm sure... Boy, it'll things might be seismically different, uh, and we might be, you know, writing the funeral for Draymond Green's tenure on the Warriors. We'll see where we're at next week. A lot of things can change, just as we saw last week, um, from last week to this week. But you know, that's uh, you know, c'est la vie. Uh, we'll be back next week. Ben, anything to to say on the way out? No. Uh, next week? No, I mean, just say anything. Anything you want to say? No, no, seriously. Next week. Um... I, we're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna throw together a, a little Stanley Cup nugget uh, in the uh, the rundown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get the people. Get what they need. Get they, get, get the puck action. Get too, the puck for next again. Week. Any any hockey stuff from this show is a bonus. It's you know not in the description, not in anything, but you know you know it's it's, it's interesting. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the best times of the year. Springtime and the NBA and the NHL playoffs. Weather's good. Red Sox are winning. Can't beat it. All right. We will catch you. All. <laughs> Yeah, crazy. Well, we're, we're done. We're going to end the show. Yeah. 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 All right. See y'all <laughs> next week.